Hello there, this is Sri Kandikonda. Today's episode is a short story on Abraham Lincoln and how he put the interests of others and the greater good before him and has become the top three presidents in the history of the United States. It's a very interesting story and I hope uh, you like it and learn a little bit on how we can put the interests of others ahead of us and still be successful. Enjoy. Consider the political struggles of a hick who went by the name of Samson. He said Gill's goal was to be the Clinton of Illinois, and he set his sights on winning a seat in the Senate. Samson was an unlikely candidate for political office, having spent his early years working on a farm. But Samson had great ambition. He made his first run for a Senate in the state legislature when he was just 23 years old. Samson, there was 13 candidates and only the top four won seats. Samson made a lackluster showing, finishing eighth. After losing that race, Samson turned his eyes to business, taking out a loan to start a small shop with a friend. This business failed, and Samson was unable to repay the loan, so his possessions were seized by local authorities. Shortly thereafter, the business partner died without assets, and Samson took on the debt. Samson jokingly called this liability the national debt. He owed 15 times his annual income. It would have taken him years, but he eventually paid back every cent. After his business failed, Samson made a second run for the state legislature. Although he was only 25 years old, he finished second, landing a seat. For his first legislative session, he had to borrow the money to buy his first suit. For the next eight years, Samson served in the state legislature, earning a law degree along the way. Eventually, at age 45, he was ready to pursue influence on the national stage. He made a bid for the Senate. Samson knew he was fighting an uphill battle. He had two primary opponents, James Shields and Lyman Trumbull. Both had been state Supreme Court justices, coming from backgrounds far more privileged than Samson's. Shields, the incumbent running for re-election, was the nephew of a congressman. Trumbull was the grandson of an eminent Yale-educated historian. By comparison, Samson had little experience or political clout. In the first poll, Samson was a surprise front-runner with 44% support. Shields was close behind at 41% and Trumbull was a distant third at 5%. But the tide began to turn when the new candidate entered the race, the state's current governor, Joel Madison. Madison was popular and he had the potential to draw votes from both Samson and Trumbull. When Shields withdrew from the race, Madison quickly took the lead. Madison had 44%. Samson was down to 38% and Trumbull was at just 9%. But hours later, Trumbull won the election with 51%, narrowly edging out Madison's 47%. Why did Samson plummet? And how did Trumbull rise so quickly? The sudden reversal of their positions was due to a choice made by Samson, who seemed plagued by pathological giving. When Madison entered the race, Samson began to doubt his own ability to garner enough support to win. He knew that Trumbull had a small but loyal following who would not give up on him. Most people in Samson's shoes would have lobbied Trumbull's followers to jump ship. After all, with just 9% support, Trumbull was a long shot. But Samson's primary concern wasn't getting re-elected. It was to prevent Madison from winning. Samson believed that Madison was engaging in questionable practices a year later, he was proven right when Madison was indicted for fraud. In addition to harboring suspicions about Madison, Samson believed in Trumbull 
as they had something in common when it comes to the issues. For several years, Samson had campaigned passionately for a major shift in social and economic policy. He believed it was vital to the future of his state, and in this, he and Trumbull were united. So instead of trying to convert Trumbull's loyal followers, Samson decided to fall on his own sword. He withdrew and asked his supporters to vote for Trumbull. It was enough to propel Trumbull to victory at Samson's expense. That was not the first time Samson put the interests of others ahead of his own. Before he helped Trumbull win the Senate race, despite earning acclaim for his work as a lawyer, Samson's success was stifled by a crushing liability. He could not bring himself to defend clients if he felt they were guilty. In one case, during a criminal trial, Samson leaned over and said to an associate, This man is guilty. You defend him. I can't. Samson handed the case over to the associate, walking away from a sizable fee. These decisions earned him respect, but they raised questions about whether he was tenacious enough to make political decisions. Samson comes very near being a perfect man, said one of his political rivals. He lacks but one thing. The rival explained that Samson was unfit to be trusted with power because his judgment was too easily clouded by concern for others. In politics, operating like a giver put Samson at a disadvantage. His reluctance to put himself first cost him the state election and left onlookers wondering whether he was strong enough for the unfortunate, unforgiving world of politics. Turnbull, Trumbull was a fierce debater. Samson was a pushover. After the election, a local reporter wrote that in comparison with Samson, Trumbull was a man of more real talent and power. But Samson wasn't ready to step aside forever. Four years after helping Lyman Trumbull win the seat, Samson ran for the Senate again. He lost again, but in the weeks leading up to the vote, one of the most outspoken supporters of Samson's was none other than Lyman Trumbull. Samson's sacrifice had earned goodwill, and Trumbull was not the only adversary who became an advocate in response to Samson's giving. In the first Senate race, when Samson had 47% of the oh, vote and seemed to be on the brink of victory, a Chicago lawyer and politician named Norman Judd led a strong 5% who would not waver in their loyalty to Trumbull. During Samson's second Senate bid, Judd became a strong supporter. Two years later, after two failed Senate races, Samson finally won his first election at the national level. According to one commentator, Judd never forgot Samson's generous behavior and did more than anyone else to secure Samson's nomination. In 1999, C-SPAN, the cable TV network that covers politics, polled more than a thousand knowledgeable viewers. They rated the effectiveness of Samson and three other three dozen other politicians who vied for similar offices. Samson came out of the very top of the poll, receiving the highest evaluations. Despite his losses, he was more popular than any other politician on the list. You see, Samson's ghost was a pen name that the Hick used in letters. His real name was Abraham Lincoln. In 1830s, Lincoln was striving to be the DeWitt Clinton of Illinois, referencing a U.S. senator and New York governor who spearheaded the construction of the Erie Canal. When Lincoln withdrew from his first Senate race to help Lyman Trumbull win the seat, they shared a commitment to abolishing slavery. From emancipating slaves to sacrificing his own political opportunities for the cause to refusing to defend clients who appeared to be guilty, Lincoln consistently acted for the greater good. When experts in history, political science, and psychology rated the presidents, they identified Lincoln as a clear giver. If it, even if it was inconvenient, 
Lincoln went out of his way to help others, wrote two experts, demonstrating obvious concern for the well-being of individual citizens. It is noteworthy that Lincoln is seen as one of the least self-centered, egotistical, boastful presidents ever. In independent ratings of presidential biographies, Lincoln scored in the top three, along with Washington and Fillmore, in giving credit to others and acting in the best interests of others. In the words of a military general who worked with Lincoln, he seemed to possess more of the elements of greatness combined with goodness than any other.